Hey everybody, it is episode 128 of the Shrewd Dudes Podcast. Hey! I am Salty Steve, and up in the top left-hand corner is Senior Sweetness. Senior Sweetness. Senior, Senior Sweetness. Would yeah. you like some sweetness on a stick? I don't think I would, no. Oh, no. No, no, no flavor. Okay. But before we jump into the whole plethora of stories, which we're going to be covering today, because there is a lot, hmm. how was your weekend, Daniel? Pretty good, man. Uh, Thanksgiving was awesome. Spent it with uh, friends and family and um, had some unexpected um, adventures, which was kind of fun. Cool. Cool. I invited to a, to a new friend's house, and they showed me all around, and uh, their amazing like electrical skills. Mm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I had my first family Thanksgiving, and then we're having another one on Saturday. And that's the one I'm not looking forward to, because it'll be a lot more boring food. Oh, really? Nothing. nothing my in-laws, when there's special dinners at my in-laws, it's like, let's boil some vegetables. That'll be our sides. Oh, I'm like, no. <laughs> let's have some no, fun sides. No. 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 So... The one, the one respite Aww. will be my wife's turkey because my wife does make a good turkey, so that's good. Ghost F. Yeah, I know skills. it's it's good skills. Machine. Not really paying any bills, but skills. <laughs> but you know what? You, you know, if you gotta eat, at least you're not eating bland like garbage. Oh, I know. Nice I know. Cook. I'm glad that it's not bland garbage. That is always yeah, my, always a win. The, my roommate Henry and I were appar- apparently we were having a competition over who's going to make the most delicious meal. And every time it happens, I'm just like, like, what, sorry, when did this become a competition? He's like, I have to beat you. I'm like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> I am so dead. My in-laws are apparently like in the front entrance way. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be dead by next week. So we're just going to go through okay. that. Cool. So we're going to jump into the first story. And the first story, well, the first story is not really a story. It's just kind cool of update. a follow-up about the Fauci the Fauci stuff. So there was a Fauci documentary released by Disney Plus last week, and this is like just the most obvious establishment versus everybody else. So the critics are like, "This is amazing," and then the audience is just like, "This is such garbage. This is just a propaganda piece to prop up this absolutely insane psychopath." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love how like um. On Latimer Crowder, they talked about this, and they're like, you know, if I want to watch, like, you know, like, some political propaganda film of us, I'm like, you know, government, mm. I just watch, like, North Korean, like, dictator yeah. videos, because, I mean, at least they're they're just funny and ridiculous and all that. Yeah. This is, like, glorified, like, you know, Fauci. Glorifying uh, uh, a guy who just lies uh, constantly to the American people. Yeah, but it also shows the huge disconnect between the elites and the regular Oh, people. yeah, big time. I'm sorry. They, they just don't understand regular people. No, or, they don't. Yeah. Well, and a couple they of, don't care. You can tell they don't care. No, but a couple of polls this week, in case you guys wondering, just a little, little update. Uh, a couple of polls this week also showed that. Uh, I suppose that 53% mm. of, um, of uh, voters believe that the election, the American yep. election, was that cheating may have led to... That um, had played a significant role in the election of Joe Biden. Outcome. That's right. And another poll that came out also... Uh, essentially, kind of showed that people are people that used to think that Biden was a moderate is now no. He's like he's a complete. He's a wackadoodle. Wackadoodle, you know, Uncle Joe, crazy Uncle Joe. Keep your kids away. Yeah, Uncle Joe. 
Talking about keeping your kids away. Let's just jump right into the next, this story. Uh, yeah. Pole dancing class for children causes outrage. <laughs> no duh. Instructor, <laughs> quote, reportedly married to child sex offender. That's lovely. Controversy over the sexualization of children reignited this week is an Indiana pole dancing instructor who reportedly teaches the provocative dance technique to children was discussed online. On Saturday, the criminal history of the instructor's husband surfaced and included a mention of the Indiana Sex Offenders Registry. Social media users came across an advertisement for kids' pole dancing classes. The lessons were offered up by Tiff's Pole Fitness of Jasper, Indiana. And this is the thing. It says, Kids Pole 2. <laughs> no, the F, they do not. No, they don't. No, they do not. No, it's, it's really, really crazy what is being subjected to our kids these days. And the the depths that some people will go to yeah. Yeah. to try and sub, to try and brainwash children into what is societally and culturally acceptable. Yeah. Nobody. Okay, you go. Yeah, and this and the thing with this one is that um, they're not even trying to like you know like like downplay it. They're just they're they're doubling down back and backing it up. Um, Let's face it. This is pole dancing. Pole dancing is an undeniable connection to stripper poles. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. There's a reason why it has a stigma. Even the fact, like, she tried to defend it saying that, oh, this is like an Olympic sport now or something like that, which I, th I still think is ridiculous. Because yep. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that it's a bit of a... I'm, I'm, I get that they're trying to de like, destigmatize it, but I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it has a stigma for a reason. It has a stigma for a reason, despite the fact that it is... A significant feat of strength and dexterity. I'm not going to deny that, but you cannot you cannot deny, in addition, that pole dancing is directly connected to stripping, and you can't like even even in imagining this. I'm not. I cannot figure out a way to visualize pole dancing without it being sexualized mm -hmm. and the fact that this is offered up to six-year-olds it just reminds me of cuties yeah the dress code's also kind of like nasty because like, yeah he like, said like it was oh, like booty have, shorts like, well booty shorts top uh like basically like um not crop tops um mm -hmm. yeah, like you know like just like loose loose yeah loose and all that and i'm just like man that's nothing about this right. no this no it screams inappropriateness. Yeah, I will say something about this. Is that, I mean, I, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thrilled that her husband is oh, no. a registered sex offender. That's not good, and I'm not defending it at all. But I'm like, in in this one instance, my main issue is with the woman. Yep. And with you know, like what she's teaching the children. Yeah. Now, the fact that the, her husband is this, I'm like, that's not good. And I hope that they're taking, you know, significant steps to dis well, to have a either. level of disconnect. Yeah. Like, there should, should be no be connection either. between that individual, her husband, and any of the students. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the reason I mentioned, I mentioned this because I, I, as much as I, I know they brought this up as an additional way to, this, you know, to, 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 to taint this whole thing. But to be honest, whether or not, her husband was or wasn't it's it's it shouldn't be the, the the main focus it's like yeah it's an additional thing yes let's hope that that never comes into play but really like let's not distract from this focus it's it's kind of a dirty 
tactic that the left tends to use on, on conservatives. And so I try to be equal and be like, I don't like this tactic being brought in, especially if it's not necessarily relevant to the actual thing at play. Yeah. You know, like bring up like, you know, uh, dirty, dirty associations or whatever with, with conservatives. I'm like, I don't think that's fair play because I'm like, well, there, it's not, it's not connected. You're just bringing in an association that isn't relevant to the story. Um, in this case, as long as he's not involved at all, as long as he has no contact with the kids, I'm like, yeah, that sucks. Let's make sure, like, you know, the people should know about that, hopefully. But it, it really shouldn't be Like, if this woman was teaching a gymnastics class and it turns out that, you know, she's married to some guy like that, that shouldn't be reason to disqualify her. Yeah. It really shouldn't. But in this case, the topic itself is the pole dancing. I can't, I, I don't know. I, I cannot. I don't think it's right that they that they use things like this because these are the, these are the kind of things that sexualize children. Yep. And I I've met adults who I know who think that like they take these pole dancing classes. I don't like them. I definitely don't think Christians should do them. Nope. But they're adults. Yeah. These are children. And so no, yeah. they're not cool. There is a different standard. Yeah. For what is or what should be legally appropriate and morally appropriate for adults and children. Oh boy. But following in that line, let's talk about the Ludon County father who was dragged out of a woke school board or dragged out of a woke school board meeting, reveals his daughter was raped in the girl's bathroom by a skirt-wearing male student who was arrested for assaulting a second girl months later, but staff did nothing. So Scott Smith, who was a plumber from Virginia, was arrested on June 22nd. He had been protesting the school board meeting. He was dragged out of the room before he could share his point. He says that his daughter was assaulted on May 28th by a boy in the girl's bathroom. Uh, he wanted to use what happened to her to illustrate why he thinks shouldn't sh kids shouldn't be able to pick what gender bathroom bathrooms they use. Uh, he was dragged up before he could talk and has since been vilified for his views by the school and others. Uh, it happened at Stonebridge High School on May 28th. Uh, he told the Daily Wire the boy sometimes wears a skirt and had started using the female bathroom. The school told Smith his daughter had been assaulted but didn't call police. In the end, he did, and the boy was charged with multiple counts of sodomy two months after the incident, after the school board meeting. On June the 22nd, the school staff said that they had never heard a had a report of a sexual assault in a trans bathroom. Notice how they say, in a trans bathroom. Those things, a trans bathroom. Yeah. Smith said they're lying and that he exploded with rage. I don't blame him whatsoever mm -hmm. at all for that, because, well... Let's face it, being a father, if you come after my daughters, mm -hmm. you will have many broken bones. Mm -hmm. Baseball bats and all. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's basically just the way to put it. <laughs> well, the thing is that they, this is an upside down world. In a regular, in a regular sane society, but also a moral society, a boy, this this is a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. a, a boy or anybody tries to assault or like okay, like first of all, like, we need to clarify the language because I like how they kind of like clarified a little bit. They said like he was like raped. So was he actually like was the girl actually raped like sexual? Um, that, that's that. This from is what, from what I've heard, the this from what I've heard, uh, it says assaulter. Yeah, but that that language is and so and he's arrested for forced sodomy. Because oh, that sounds like rape. Well, because as far as I know, forced sodomy is forced, like 
rear penetration. Asex. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, maybe that's what it means. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there was actual rape involved. Yes. Okay, so it's difficult with when you read stories like this. The media has a tendency to to use clever language to try yes. to downplay. I remember, like, I, I read a story once about something that happened at the West Edmonton Mall. There was an immigrant. Uh, I think it was. I think it was from Africa, but like you know, I, Muslim African immigrant, and he was. And, and they said like you know he he had uh, sexually assaulted like you know young girls, and I'm like, oh, that's terrible. And he's like, yeah, he sexually assaulted some on in in the away pool, and some on the the slides, and some here. And I'm like, wait a like wait. What what do they mean by sexual? And then I actually tried to find out what it meant. I'm like, oh, he touched them. Yeah. Like I'm not good, but worlds apart from rape. And so this is where it gets so confusing. So yes, this guy again. Let's go back to the main point. the The boy, um, basically he went into the bathroom, and for I don't know the full. Obviously, we don't know the full story, but no matter what, he forced himself on this girl, mm -hmm. a teenage girl, and he had and he basically had anal sex with her. Yeah, on purpose. This should be a no-brainer. This kid should be absolutely expelled. Yep. This is rape. This kid should and be absolutely like, serving time with... in juvie and then yes. serving time in actual jail when he once he comes of age. Absolutely, nobody should be outraged by this. No. By 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 that. Like the girl is like absolute victim. But yeah. here, because he's part of this protected class, and this is why this world is upside down. This protected class, it can get away with bloody murder. And here, like, we hear feminists and the, the, the left scream about, like, yeah. uh, like you know, male privilege and rape culture. And here they are defending, like, absolutely defending this, like, this outrageous action by this boy. The school officials are actually, like, you know, trying to defend and be like, oh, we didn't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's all, it's all, wrong. it's all such a, it's a big cover up by the school yeah. board, of course. And then... It's trying to paint the picture that anybody who's saying, we are outraged, we are absolutely disgusted by what the school board has allowed to happen, because it's, of course, it's not the parents' fault, it's the school board's fault, and it's the school's fault for allowing these transgender bathroom whole debacle. And because of that, this girl was raped. And... These parents who are wanting to call it out publicly, who are wanting to expose what's happening in this school board, very similarly to that story we covered, or at least I covered a couple weeks back, about that woman who was talking about the pornographic material that she found in the library books, <clears throat> that simply because these people are trying to expose what the school board is doing, they're trying to call out and they're trying to say, this is absolutely unacceptable and you should all be ashamed and potentially be sent to jail over some of the content that you're allowing to be pushed in the schools. Mm -hmm. But the school board cares more about their own opinion, not their own opinion, but their own impression, their own appearance, their virtue signaling, because mm -hmm. they want to appear virtuous. And anyone that calls them out, anyone that exposes them, they're the, they're the enemy, they are the villain. Mm -hmm. That's why this guy was violently arrested for trying to say, you evil evil schmucks covered up my daughter's rape because you didn't want the school board to look bad. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. No. Like, I don't know exactly what's happened to this guy, whether he's still in prison or whatnot. He probably isn't. He's probably just like facing a minor sentence, but he shouldn't have faced anything. 
The crime was on the school board. It wasn't on him. Yeah. And and the worst part is stuff too. Like, like we need to put this in context. If this was if this was anal sex, that is that is worse. Like I I, I know that like any kind of penetration sex is bad. A it's woman terrible. who yep. gets penetrated like vaginally, like that's terrible. But anal sex is worse because that yep. is not only like dam it's not only like like, like rape, but it's also damaging. There's can actually be, yeah. no like it actually like can leave some permanent damage mm -hmm. on the person you're doing it. It's more painful because like let's face it, you do forced anal sex that is extremely painful. And mm -hmm. the only the only reason somebody would do like forced anal sex on, on particularly a woman is because they it's, want to hurt them. Yeah, dominance, them. power, and humiliation. It's dominance, power, humiliation. It's not about pleasure. Not like with this boy that just let his hormones get the best of him. It's worse. It's a boy who absolutely wanted to like hurt this girl. Yeah. And like all of this is is just awful. So it's truly I mean, terrible. It's it should be in a just system. Everyone should be treated equally. A boy who rapes a girl should get the same punishment as a transgender girl, mm -hmm. so to speak, that rapes another girl. Like, it doesn't matter. That everyone should be treated equally under the law, but we're not living under a justice. Law. No, we're not. This is why it's wrong. Yeah. And even those who, like, say basic, basic stuff, but are still supporting of the agenda, like this whole thing that happened with Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle was still very supporting of the transgender movement. Like, even according to this article, it says he railed against cancel culture, Twitter, and left-leaning news outlets Thursday amid controversy over his latest next Netflix special. Mm -hmm. He tells the star-studded, sold-out crowd in Los Angeles that if this is what being canceled is about, I love it. I don't know what to tell you, except I'm a bad mother effer. The outspoken stand-up star got more pointed and specific. Well, this is all about like him responding to the criticism. Yeah, yeah. But this so, is this is part. They canceled J.K. Rowling. My goodness, he says in this special. Effectively, she said that gender was a fact, and then the trans community got mad as bleep, and they started calling her a turf, which is a trans exclusionary radical feminist. I agree. I agree, man. Gender is a fact. You have to look at it from a woman's perspective. Like that's literally all he said, mm -hmm. and that's that's enough to like try and cancel the dude. Are you serious? Like yeah, that's it all got, it takes. It got a little worse than that because, like, uh, like he he made some jokes, obviously, like, mm -hmm. at the alpha people, as you like to call them. But um, like, if you actually like listen to the special, I watched uh, a bit of it uh, yesterday. Yeah, uh, just to kind of see what that big big deal was about. And it's nothing. I mean, like, they're not they're 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 not like they're not like the most like you know they're a bit off color, but so is all their humor. Mm -hmm. Like you know, any anybody like in the comic like this, if you ever hear like. Uh, but very prominent in the comic. They they make jokes about everybody. They make oh, yeah. like you know off color jokes. Sometimes they're they're a little bit rude and crude and all that. But I mean you you expect that. But it's the problem is that he pointed out the very obvious fact that they are like there's almost like this like special protective. You cannot speak about grand leader like this. Like you know, and they're almost treated the grand poobah victim dichotomy, like victim hierarchy. Right, it's like it's like in North Korea. You cannot speak against the Almighty Leader, or else you get some kind of horrible like treatment and all. And <clears throat> this is like, yeah, there's this weird, almost like hypersensitive protection over this group. And then on top of that, um, people from that group can are basically allowed to do and say anything they want, 
and they get away with it. They are yep. the ultimate bullies. And so mm -hmm. the problem is like the like the one uh, case that came from that one is that there was a there was a transgender activist like you know from an, a different Netflix show, uh, dear white people, I guess is what it's called. And uh, they basically said, like, you know, like, well, I don't want to work for you anymore. If, if, if you're willing to promote this. <laughs> Unless you cancel Dave Chappelle. And I was like, good. Fire yeah. them. Like, seriously, mm -hmm. like, it's not, I'm not saying I want them to get fired. I'm saying that that kind of behavior is not. It's so it's stupid. Like, you, should, you shouldn't just say, like, you know, well, I don't like what he said, so you need to fire them. It's like, that's that's just revenge style, yeah. like, you know, um, tit for tat kind of thing. And it's yeah, not it the kind of things that anybody should support, well, no matter where you are. And the problem is, right now, trans trans activists are, like, are, are scary to the point that they can get anybody anybody's life destroyed, and everyone will just back them up. Yep. And, like, they're not being held accountable for any of their actions, any of their words. Some of the things that they say are, like, absolutely outrageous. But they, they can't be touched. They are untouchable. And I think Dave Chappelle's right. And this is the kind of, this is the kind of insanity that leads to these kind mm -hmm. of, like, you know, crazy scenarios and all that. So, yeah, no, yeah. it's to the trans community. Um, it's a complex issue. But we're never going to get anywhere unless we talk about it. Yes. And the problem is they don't want to talk about it unless it's you know unless their narrative is is supported, and unless they're treated like like gods essentially. So, but let's talk about the um, the real victims here. The real victims here, and that is responding. Everybody who's suffering from a Southwest airline shortage. Yeah. Well. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Actually, the, the people who are who work for Southwest. Oh yes, the people that work the, for the, Southwest. The employees, they they just had enough. They got fed up. Yeah. With everything that was going on, and yep. they, they they basically all together said, "We're done." Mm -hmm. And yeah. And that's what actually happened. But this is what Southwest said. So this is from CBS News. <laughs> Southwest cancels thousands of flights, leading to chaos at airports across the country. From L.A. to Miami, Dallas to Denver, thousands of Southwest customers had weekend travel plans ruined by more than 2,000 flight cancellations. It canceled another 10% of flights on Monday. It's not clear what is causing the disruption as the airline and its pilots are telling different stories. The delays and cancellations began shortly after the pilots' union tried to block Southwest's new COVID vaccine mandate. Lines were long and tempers short as airports in several cities as passengers were forced to wait hours and in some cases days to rebook another flights. The company on Monday offered a tremendous apologies to customers and employees shouting weather and external constraints. <laughs> Captain Casey Murray, president of the Southwest Pilots Union, insists the disruption were not caused by pilots protesting the pending vaccine mandate. He told CBS News the airline's pilot's sick rate for the weekend was right in line with what was occurring this summer. Yeah, right. Garbage, garbage, garbage. Oh, but Murray like, did acknowledge the union is suing the airline over the policy. <laughs> Now they earlier they said like it was weather, and oh, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people have pointed out that it's like, hmm. So first of all, it was a really nice weekend. Mm -hmm. Kind of hard to like say the weather was part of it, but also funny how other airlines, other airlines were fine. by this weather phenomenon that apparently only affected Southwest Airlines and all that. Yeah, um, yeah. From from a lot of the talk and a lot of the interviews that I've I've been listening to, it sounds very likely like this was a. Not a plan or coordinated, but an actual like the do like it was a domino thing. 
Yep. Where like just a whole bunch of people all together, they said like we're done. Yep. They started talking to each other and they just it just started it just basically um, spiraled out of control. More, yeah, spiraled out of control. And this is pilots, um, um, flight attendants, uh, you know, crews on the ground, like you know, like all sorts of workers. They all basically said like we're done, and it's not it's not just the vaccine mandate that is a major part of it, but it's also that they are they're they've been worked like. They've been overworked. They're stretched. They're, they're, there's way too much demanded of them because of all these problems that they've been having for a very long time. And this all just piled all together. And then finally, you get this vaccine mandate that's being thrown on them. And it was like a couple of days after this official announcement that everyone has to get vaccinated. And this happens. Tell me that's not a coincidence. Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very close. So. So yeah, so a lot of people are excited because this sounds like a a really great first step in basically fighting back against these things because mm-hmm. enough people stand up, you know, like it, it it suddenly gets people's attention. Oh yeah, in a way that I wouldn't. Yeah, it was. It's inevitable that this is going to happen more and more across the United States. Like we've already seen these things happening in the UK, in France, all across Europe and the Western world, and. It was inevitable that the stuff would come to the United States, and it's not just happening to Southwest Airlines. It's not just affecting the airline industry. It's affecting all sorts of other businesses and all sorts of other industries. And one thing which is showing significant signs of being strained and tested is what it looks like at, at supermarkets. And so this is a story back from the, again, from the Daily Mail. Panic buying stripped store shelves as people stockpile amid coronavirus outbreak with woman turning her basement into a supermarket and a man buying a year's supply of food, which included 192 tins of spam. <laughs> Disgusting. Exactly. Well, mm-hmm. Supermarket I shelves. Spam, spam used to be really good. I remember like when, when it first got made. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was- Really good, and, it, and it, it's the modern version that's yep. not so good. Mm-hmm. I haven't had it. Yeah, I've only had the recent stuff, and this is like, ugh. <laughs> so supermarket shelves are starting to be stripped bare as Americans prepare for the spread of coronavirus. That's not really why they're doing it. People have been panic buying items ever since health authorities warned that Americans should start preparing for domestic acceleration of the virus. Supplies have been flying off the shelves with people posting photos on social media showing the lack of products available in some stores and pharmacies. Uh, California, some Walgreens had been completely depleted of cough medicines, cold and flu medications, vaporizers, masks, and thermometers. And they continue to go on. Yeah, this is like, they say that this is related to COVID. I, I would say that it's partially linked to COVID, but I think it also has a heavy connection and correlation with people seeing what's happening. In these other places around the world, they're seeing fuel shortages where people are having their fuel supply rationed. Yep. And so there is a line from every single fuel station because they can only buy a certain amount because that's how much the country has rationed to them. Because there is huge problems with their shipping and delivery network. Because a lot of truck drivers, a lot of trains, a lot of boats, and all these these other things, which have been mandated and regulated through vaccines, then all these places are losing tons of workers, 
and you can't get supplies to supermarkets, you can't get supplies to all these other places, if you have only two-thirds of the amount of delivery drivers and support and staff that you used to have. Yeah, it's it's the domino effect of um, COVID policies. Mm -hmm. COVID policies like are not benign. Like you know, don't 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 fool yourself. They're not. They that like the right now we're we're struggling with a huge labor shortage uh, for a lot of reasons because the government's giving people free money. People are you know bowing out. People have to raise their kids at home because they you know can't go to school or yep. they want to be homeschooled. There's all sorts of things happening, and it's like it's it's a very complex network. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of complexity in in our in our supply chains. Right, mm -hmm. like you know, like uh, that we we just take for granted that we go to the store and there's going to food there. We don't realize how complex and how interconnected the system is from start to finish. And the COVID restrictions, the lockdowns, the impact on society, the impact on different countries, the impact on ports. This is all coming to play, and they're starting to try to manipulate the markets. Like a lot of like uh, these governments are trying to manipulate the markets to create another type of crisis that will distract people. Yep. And so a lot of people have been saying like, yeah, there's going to be a, a very serious supply shortage that's going to be coming very soon with, um, with food. And so like, I, I don't think this necessarily just like, like, you know, Oh, like, uh, like, you know, doomsday chicken little. I, I think there's a lot of people who are legitimately starting to kind of sit like, you know, pack a whole bunch of food for the long run. Like actually one thing I've, I've been told like, you know, by a lot of, um, People is like you know you you should at least buy the basics for first aid. Yep. Because when it becomes very difficult to get into hospitals for basic infections and all that, you should probably get like hydrogen peroxide, mm -hmm. um, bandages, things things that you wouldn't think of until they actually become necessary. Things like that. So um, I would recommend to a lot of people if if you haven't started, uh, maybe start little by little. While like because right now supplies are are okay. There, there's no spike in prices. Uh, you know, quantities are good. You don't need to buy everything all at once, but maybe start saving up, like, you know, decent backup supply of, like, you know, basic dry goods, like pasta, mm -hmm. like rice, like, um, you know, the, the stuff that won't spoil for a long time. Because, I mean, even if you don't, if the, the, if the worst of the hap doesn't happen, you're still going to use it, right? But better be prepared than not. Yeah, that's very true. It's better to be prepared. Yeah. And sometimes <clears throat> other people and other organizations are, well, right now, speaking of being prepared, the Texas government. The Texas government is preparing to fight a legal battle against the federal, not mandate, because it's not official. A lot of people are confused by this in the States. But Texas governor defies Biden order on vaccinations with new ban sets up legal battle. So Greg Abbott issued a new executive order on Tuesday, which is today, which would forbid employers, including private companies, from requiring vaccinations of employees. His order places Texas in direct conflict with President Joe Biden's administration, which has, quote, required large employers to vaccinate their workforces to combat COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So in the executive order, order, Abbott directly challenged Biden by accusing the White House of bullying many private entities into imposing COVID-19 vaccine mandates, resulting in what he said were workforce disruptions that threatened Texas's own recovery from the pandemic. So this is you know what he what posted should, on Twitter. Yeah, you know what he should say? He should, he should say that uh, it's like, well, I don't know if this is constitutional, but 
we're gonna do it anyways. It'll take a while to go through the courts. Yeah. Like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll Abbott also back. banned businesses from requiring proof of vaccination and instituted an unspecified fine for those who were found to be in violation. He also added that he would submit a request to the Republican-led state legislature to codify his executive order into law. So, interesting, like, not a lot of people actually noticed this, and a lot, some commentators were talking about it this morning. Biden's order, or Biden's, quote, mandate to demand vaccination from any businesses of over 100 people is not a mandate. It's not an executive order. Everything entailed in that is just a press release. And a lot of businesses have taken action from this press release, which is very interesting because they're not actually under any mandate to require COVID-19 vaccination. Biden requested that OSHA make up a program that demands this, but OSHA has been kind of dragging their heels on it and they haven't really progressed towards making one. So it's not a federal mandate that everybody has to require vaccinations yet. It's just, well, this could happen, but as soon as it does, of course, then it's going to be a huge battle in the courts. And so they're prepping for this battle in the courts, but who knows if it will actually become an official OSHA program. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that it will, but immediately there's going to be court challenges and injunctions. So that'll make it very interesting. The problem with that is that most of these, and this this is the same problem in Canada as in the U.S., is governments create these policies and they're like, ah, we'll take our chance with the courts. And then even if it's overturned, they've already already done their damage. Yep. They've already caused loads of damage on people in the meantime. And that's the problem with this thing is they brag about like, you know, like, oh, look, our vaccination rates like you know went up like crazy it's like this is successful i'm like yeah your extortion scheme was very successful you know so it's like the mafia when they go to go to stores and demand that uh, they pay them like a protection fee uh you know or, or else they'll burn their house down it's like oh that was very successful we got a lot of money from that it's like yes it was immoral but yes it succeeded in you know scaring people into giving you things same thing here with uh biden and their republicans Oh, yeah. Biden, the, uh, mm-hmm. the federal government, yeah. Yeah, so I hope more states actually follow it with Texas and create programs like this. I know that Montana and Florida have, like, somewhat legislation on the books about it to counter va- federal vaccine mandates and federal vaccine policy, but it's just yeah. kind of a shot in the dark to see where all this goes. And, of course, mm-hmm. in Canada, there is no real opposition politically to all of this all of the parties and all the premiers are just like yep we'll go along with it we'll institute our own vaccine mandates because we want that pretty pretty billion tyranny here is just brutal yes it is Mm -hmm. yes it is but i'm thankful (laughs) that there's some like there's some groups like the jccf that are actually fighting Mm -hmm. there are some groups which are fighting back So the Justice Center to sue Alberta Health Services over mandatory mandatory COVID vaccination policy. So this is from a few days ago, but the Justice Center has sent a legal warning letter to AHS on behalf of at least 20 AHS employees who've been threatened with job loss if they do not agree to receive at least one dose of the experimental COVID shots. Mm -hmm. 
The demand letter pre addressed to the president and CEO Verna Yu sets out the constitutional. Hmm? She just got uh, she just got re renominated for another two years. Of I know. She's so great. So great. She's from Wuhan. Ugh, yeah. Set out the sets out the constitutional objections on the employees, details a portion of the scientific studies in which the employees base their objection to the shots, and informs AHS that if the vaccine mandate is not rescinded, the Justice Center will commence litigation. On August 31st, Dr. Yu, on behalf of AHS, informed all employees that they must get two doses of the new COVID shots by October 31st or lose their employment. The latest an employee can get their second dose is October 16th to be considered fully vaccinated on October 31st. The shots have been given warnings by Health Canada for myocarditis, pericarditis, thrombosis, and Bell's palsy. In addition, according to the VAR system in the U.S., the adverse reporting database database operated by the FDA and the Center for Disease Control vaccines have resulted in over 16,000 deaths and that's of course just what's been reported to VAERS yeah, yeah, I've also in the US alone upwards of like 200,000 <coughs> yes like, you know we're still waiting for some some like documentation for that but mm -hmm. yeah it's not small. it's absolutely actually, insane actually no no I, I I take that back a couple of, a lot I don't know where I, I saw it in the last week, there was actually an official report that made it like very like defensible that forty five thousand is yep. the base number. Forty five thousand is the base number for how many people have died from the coronavirus. And let's let's put it in context. Every other vaccine in history has been canceled after like much smaller amounts of deaths. Yep, much smaller, like in the like less couple hundreds. Yeah, at yeah at the most. This is like in the. Forty-five thousand range, possibly even the two hundred thousand dollars, yep. two thousand range, and yet they're not canceling it. That tells you a lot. Mm -hmm. Tells you a ton. I was also reading another another story from AHS that my friend posted, and it was saying that the majority of AHS funding and the majority of funding to the provincial health providers is not from taxes. Mm -mm. It's from the pharmaceutical companies, and it's been that way since 1996. Mm -hmm. So that raises significant questions. It's like, well, if your is if your funding is from the pharmaceutical companies, then that's a huge conflict of interest. Like, who massive. are you serving? <laughs> well, there was a story we touched on it a little bit, but I'll just mm -hmm. we had uh, the doctor <clears throat> in that small small in hospital. Like like you know outside right there, uh, the whole story basically like you know I encourage you to read it if you haven't seen it. Uh, but basically, the doctor um, was had three COVID patients in a hospital. He gave them all ivermectin. They all improved. Like the well, one of them kind of didn't get worse, but definitely kind of helped keep them kind of stable. Stabilized them. But, yeah, but AHS made it abundantly clear that they could not care less about any studies, anything. It was like, nope, ivermectin is basically the devil. Yep. And they 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 fired him. They would rather see, and it and it showed something. I think that's the thing. The thing that made this story interesting is that it it kind of showed you behind behind the covers, behind the uh, behind the, the curtain. curtain, and you see, oh my goodness, you finally realize, oh my goodness, AHS is letting people die on purpose because they are so adamantly against a drug that, given in the right quantities. Mm -hmm. Is almost virtually never killed anybody, yep. and yet they refuse to give it to the point 
and not just that, but anything else. They're actually, they were actually giving these patients steroids, which reduces inflammation, but increases their chances of getting a bacterial infection. And then they're not giving them antibiotics. So it's like, I, I know I'm, I don't like to like, uh, normally like to throw in like motive, but this sounds like they want people to die. Depopulation. And that is criminal, like, ne- yeah, criminal neglect. This, the, the, our, 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 our Alberta health services and probably every other health system across Canada because we have single payer, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. we basically were being held hostage by our, our health authorities. They, if this is the case across all Canada, they are letting people die on yep, purpose. They are knowingly, knowingly letting people die. And this is not like people, people overthrew governments for less. Yes, they did. Like the, the Boston Tea Party, they, they, and the revolution was over taxes. It's like, oh, we don't like the taxes. It's like, yeah, now we're now our government is literally killing people on purpose, and they are literally throwing people into jail for things and keeping them like under house arrest. There's not quarantines, house arrest for over like a year, and this isn't enough to overthrow a government. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, don't know what it is. <laughs> yep, but in some places around the world, I have no idea what it will take to get them to stand against their government. So this is a story, again, from the Daily Mail. The U.S. protest to save Australia sparks bemused reaction as Twitter users argue America has bigger problems while White House is asked about very disturbing vaccine mandates down under. So protesters in New York were chanting, save Australia during bizarre rallies. (laughs) They were okay. I saw some video. Normal rallies? Yeah, fairly normal. Many were protesting against vaccine mandates for teachers in... New York as well. They reference similar mandates in Victoria and never-ending lockdowns. Australians have flocked online to mock the American freedom fighters. Many have pointed out the freedoms in Australia compared to issues in the United States. Mm-hmm. So hundreds of demonstrators took to the streets of the Big Apple on Monday. So this is from last week. And marched to the Australian consulate in Manhattan to rally against vaccine mandates and lockdown restrictions down under. Protesters chanted Save Australia and carried Australian flags and signed that read, What is happening in Melbourne? People around the world are not allowed to go to restaurants. I watched my Australian friend live on Instagram, said one man during speeches outside the consulate. So this is what it looked like. That's not really a bizarre protest to me. That's fairly regular. Very diverse with like children and all that. Yeah. And of course, no medical mandates, health freedom now, no digital passports. Like this is, it's not just about Australia, but Australia was part of it. Yep. So. What's going on in Australia is not going to be just in Australia, and when it shows up on our doorsteps, we're going to punch it right in the effing teeth. Mm-hmm. Another speaker said, referencing the va- recent vaccine mandates for authorized workers in Victoria. That's good. It's good to see that there are people who are in the states who are fighting. Like, and this is, of course, New York. This is like a bastion of leftism. Yeah. And the response to Australian Twitter. Mom. Yeah, there are some Australians who were happy about it. Mm-hmm. And then there were a lot of Australians who were bemused, like this guy, so thankful for the brave Americans protesting my rights to drink a beer at a beach. Americans yeah, shouting, okay. save Australia would mean something that they could actually find us on a map. That is true, but that's more comments on the American public health, public education public system, system, whereas public education in Australia and Canada is not that much better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then... Other ones, not sure what Americans in New York are saving us from, but if it's the lack of us American tourists entering Australia and clogging up our beaches, then thanks, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, America, pretty sure we didn't ask for any saving. Like, all of these. And we could go on and show you more, but they would just get more and more ridiculous. Like, this shows how brainwashed and the level of cognitive dissonance that Australians have about their own country if they respond to, look at Australia, we don't want to become Australia, and then the Australians respond with, oh, like, our country's wonderful. Like, we're so free and so wondrous. It's like, no, you're not. You have the most insane restrictions in the world. China is saying that your restrictions are too intense. Like, and China whoa, whoa. is communist. Let's <laughs> kill it back, bro. <laughs> We had a friend. We have a friend who um, uh, has like or relatives and people that she knows in Australia, and it's amazing. The people in Australia are so incredibly indoctrinated that they they literally cannot be talked out of believing that the government is has some magical like knowledge that they everything that they do is perfect and they cannot mm -hmm. possibly be wrong about any of their restrictions, even though none of them have worked. The like one thing that they always talked about was the idea that like you know oh what well, you know like we have, we have like low COVID cases like yeah because you've turned your entire country into a prison colony by not letting people go beyond five kilometers from their house by not letting people cross boundaries without like a, a new kind of passport system by just arresting people and turning people into like uh, criminals for like the non criminal behavior like yeah. the, Australia is a nightmare oh it the is the fact that some people believe in Australia that everything's good. It's like that dog sitting in, like, in a bar like that's on fire. Everything, everything is fine. Fire. Like, everything's fine. You know, like, that's that's what I feel like. Yeah. And I, I do believe that some of those people probably haven't been that affected by these things, but it's the same problem that we have here in Canada. You have these, and I, and I just, it, it actually does bother me. There are these smug, arrogant dirtbags that, that are, like, this, this, pandemic they're they're well off they have lots of money they're in a business or a job that isn't heavily affected by covid and so they're like oh this is fine i got like a big massive house i have like netflix i have like you know tennis court in my basement or, or whatever like you know mm -hmm. they have like too much stuff and it doesn't affect them so they're like oh I'm, I'm perfectly happy with these things and they don't care about the suffering and the impact on people around them like this is the the height of absolute pride and 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 arrogance yeah. like the bible talked about this a lot like you know god absolutely like you know um uh, like called out people for being like smug arrogant like being like you know wallowing in, in luxury while people around them are suffering, suffering. yeah this is the kind of stuff that australia is doing and so we're hoping that this doesn't carry on but we're starting to see it's, it's just a common trend it's yeah, really sad it yeah it is indeed it's very very sad but you've already moved on to the next story, so let's go. Come on. <laughs> like, skipping ahead. Well, no, that's it's the next <laughs> in the progression. We have to go progressively, and of course, it's already 47 minutes along, and we oh, still have no. four more stories to cover. We can do it. We come can on. do it. We can do it. I believe in we us. We can do it! Oh, nice. So, <laughs> let's talk about Columbus Day. Yeah, Yay. Good day. Good day. Good day. Yep. So Columbus Day canceled. Boston's acting mayor changes to Indigenous Peoples Day in controversial executive order. I didn't know mayors could use executive orders. 
But whatever. Columbus Day will now be referred to as Indigenous Peoples Day in Boston, according to a controversial executive order from Acting Mayor Kim Janey. Observing Indigenous Peoples Day is all about replacing the colonial myths passed down from generation to generation with the true history of the land upon which our nation was founded. Boston is the most recent city in Massachusetts to change the name of Columbus Day. It feels amazing, but now more work, says Chali Naru Dones, a native activist who was with Janie when she signed the order. Now we want the state and we want it federal. Columbus Day is both a state and federal holiday, and Janie's order doesn't invalidate its observation. So, <clears throat> several Native American groups claim Christopher Columbus delivered suffering and brutality to the people he encountered after crossing the Atlantic Ocean in 1492. However, for many Americans, especially the Italian-American community, Columbus is a legendary explorer, explorer and point of pride for immigrants who come to the United States. So, and this is, of course, a picture of her making the announcement. Well, she sounds very woke. Super. Oh, yeah, she does look super woke. And the fact that they have somebody with, like, Native American headdress just standing behind her is, like... looks so ridiculous. Oh, it's so... It's just virtue signaling to the extreme. But to have a brief conversation, a brief conversation about Columbus, Columbus was, even though he didn't know that he was going to to kind of come across Central America... He was still a brave explorer. He was still a well-respected explorer. And <clears throat> yes, he didn't find the East Indies. Because maps back then didn't factor in that the East Indies could not be discovered that way. I mean, they didn't actually believe that the... They, they didn't think that, the, the, that he was in... Um, he thought it was in India. Yeah, he thought he was in India first. That's why they called them. So, but of course, the big problem with like you know, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. So the big problem with like you know Columbus Day is that it's like I don't have a problem with with you know if you want to have Indigenous People Day, not knock yourself out, you know, go nuts, you know, like I, you know, everyone has the right to celebrate whatever they want, but like let's not let's not fool ourselves. This is intentionally. A competing holiday on the exact same day as Columbus Day because they have a narrative and they want to push it. They want to demonize any all Western history. It's all part of this big, huge push mm-hmm. to delegitimize our history, make our make our make make it sound like America is founded and it's always been and will always be racist and terrible and, my, and horrible. And let's just destroy it and start over. Like yeah. the Great Reset. This is well, and it's it's the agenda of the Great Reset, and it's also the agenda of like the sixty nine nineteen project. Yeah. of Ibram X. Kendi, of all these people that are saying that white people are the reason and they are the problem. They are the reason that every, all our problems have existed since the dawn of civilization. It's like, no, that is a completely nonsensical narrative. Yeah. And like, even comparing Columbus, Columbus's treatment and his ship and his crewmates treatment of the natives was not amazing, but neither was the interactions between any of the natives of that day or any of the peoples of that day, violence was a commonality. Mm-hmm. And actually, if we're comparing the natives of that area and the natives of all of North America and Central America were far more violent than what he did. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> to say that he was this like mass source of genocide to the Central American Indians is nonsense. 
And the, like it's it's the problem is like the, they they hold people to the standards of today. Yes. When they they don't like I I, I study history. I know that you accept people for the era that they were from. Like, you know, like if people say nowadays, like, you know, oh, I never would have like supported like slavery. I'm like so woke and I would never have like stood up for slavery. I'm like, you don't know what it was like living in that time. Mm-hmm. The fact that you are supporting a two tier system today shows me that you would have. Yeah. Because you go with the majority and as long as it's popular, you will go with it. You've just proven that you would support, you know, yeah. segregation and, you know, slavery, uh, subjugation of another people group. Um, as far as Columbus goes, like, you know, like I, I, this is the problem with like you know like a lot of these leftist groups they they rely on ignorance they just tell people what to think and then people just uh, accept it blindly not realizing that a lot of the like i remember like i heard today like the the two um two 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 sources that they use to uh base like you know the the bad things about like columbus both of those sources are completely and totally biased and because they they can't stand they wanted they had a beef and an axe to grind with Columbus, and they also had a tendency to lie about other details in their reports. Yep. And like this is the common, like in, in a, a true history historian would look at that and be like, "Yeah, you can't really trust these accounts." Mm-hmm. Well, or it's they, it's they, kind of like the comparison. I I usually look at these accounts, and it's it reminds me quite a lot of those reports and those kind of rumors that Leonardo da Vinci was a homosexual. And it's like, you look at those reports and it's like, okay, who put them out? And it's like, well, his main technological and scientific rival was the one who was mainly propagating that idea because he wanted to discredit Leonardo da Vinci and he wanted to attack him and his backers. And that would be a popular way of doing it in that day. And so Mm -hmm. you have to, of course, as Danny was just saying, you have to consider where the source comes from. And then, of course, if the source can be trusted, then you have to consider that is what they are saying lining up with other things that were written in that period. Is it lining up? And of course, the transition of it to science. Is it lining up with other reports, with other studies that have been published? Is it lining up with other data that is out there? If you have one study that says that hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin is super ineffective and the rest are saying that it's effective then you might have to look at where that study comes from or where that reporting is from. So just a a lot of the left relies, like the left people who are on the left, like media uh, authorities, everything like that, the politicians, they, they really do rely. And and, and this isn't just something that like a a talking point I hear on conservative shows, you see it in real time. You actually really see it that they rely on ignorance. Mm -hmm. They, They expect that their audience, that the people who listen to them, are not going to look into it, are not going to find out for themselves, are not going to fact check. Like critical thinking is actually far less common, I find, oh, among a leftist progressive yes. audience than you than it is among a right right or even classical liberal audience. Mm-hmm. You don't see that very often. So this is why you get away with like these outlandish claims about Columbus, who was not a, a mass murderer. He wasn't a genocidal maniac. No. He was not even like uh like a like a like a crazy rapist. Like he had he was a career career man he had you know ambitions and all that and um yeah i think that the the, the demonization of him is just ridiculous this is just that i don't know it's just even cortez i, I studied cortez mm-hmm. yes cortez was a bit of a you know like he was ambitious he was definitely like uh he was a soldier at heart he wanted to conquer you know he, he like there was a goal 
gold. We wanted to get gold. This, they saw this as a battle. But guess what? The people that they were conquering were 10 times more brutal and savage than they were. The Aztecs and the Mayans were crazy. The Aztecs were absolutely insane. Just look at the... What was that What was that? The movie? Um, There's a movie about the Mayans, like, like the, like, you know, Mayan culture. And at the very end of the movie, like some Spanish explorers kind of like came on. They kind of went out to meet them or something like that. But um, Apocalypto, I think it was called. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've heard of um, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not great. Like, there's better, like, you know, shows. But it kind of gives you a glimpse of how brutal they were. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the idea that the these all these Native peoples in Were these North peaceful, America, wondrous all, like, people? No. No, no. I'm sorry. I studied them. Some of the things, they, they had, like, full-on cannibalism. They had human sacrifices. They, they killed children, like, you know, at whim. Like, there was some really brutal stuff that happened yeah. in North America. These were not, like, you know, like, obviously, it's so difficult to compare all of the Native like you know, there's mm-hmm. a massive variety of native groups all over all over North and South America. But I'm sorry, like the idea that these were peace loving, like you know, hippies just living off the land, like you know, like no, no, it, they were not. Like yep. they were like. There's a reason why <clears throat> colonists in the early Americas had such a tough time, mm-hmm. now, you know, making it because they were really aggressively like violent towards oh, yeah. any out. Some of these tribes were really, really nasty people, and the media and kind of a vague interpretation of science by the establishment has painted them as the most wondrous and caring and loving people of all time. And they're doing a very similar thing with a school shooter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is a, there's a lot of say it's suspected. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> right no, that's not suspected, suspected. So we know Texas we know high school shooter yeah. released on bail one day after teacher and student shot. So the Texas student who, again, allegedly, no, he did it, opened fire at his high school, injuring four people, including a teacher, was sprung from jail on Thursday afternoon. As an attorney who joined him insisted the case wasn't a standard-issue school shooting. Yeah, right. Timothy George Simpkins, who attended Timberview High School, will report to home confinement after he posted $75,000 bond at Tarrant County Jail. Semkins, who was wearing a blue baseball cap and graphic t-shirt, didn't answer questions from reporters as he was escorted from the jailhouse by two relatives into the back seat of a white Mercedes. As part of the conditions of his release, he will also have to submit to a drug and, al- to drug and alcohol testing and wear a GPS monitoring device. <clears throat> so, the civil rights attorney who spoke on behalf of the family blasted reporters outside the jail for portraying the dangerous incident as a standard-issue school shooting. Hmm. It is. Numerous school shootings. Did it take place in the school? Yep. Eh, it can't be a school shooting. Can't be. That's way too on the nose. Just way too much on the nose. Yeah. There are numerous school shootings that have occurred across the country, which are tragic. All school shootings are tragic. However, in this situation, this was not someone who was just out to go and shoot up a school and had made up their mind and said, you know what? Hey, I'm upset and I'm going to shoot anyone I see. This was not the situation. So I request the media correct that narrative with regard to what happened and that you all respect the family's privacy. Family spokeswoman said that he acted out of self-defense after being robbed and targeted by bullies. Something they don't mention is that he was actually older than the bullies. And the whole situation is absolutely insane. And this was also a teacher. Let's not forget, there was a teacher involved that was shot. Like If you're going after yes. bullies, why are you shooting a teacher? Yeah. You're just shooting anybody who's involved. And Honestly, who reacts to being bullied 
by, or at least having the defense that committing a school shooting because you're being bullied is, it's bogus. I'm, I'm guessing you could go through almost every school shooting, almost every single one for the past 10 to 15 years, and every single one of these individuals has been bullied or did something in some way. But to completely look past this situation and to say, well, like, it's entirely because these other kids were bullying him and we shouldn't condemn his act. We should condemn his actions, but it wasn't that bad. And, like, would you have preferred he committed suicide? It's like, well, he yes, he only injured four people. He could have killed quite a few more people. He had more bullets. He had more bullets. And who in the right mind is defending this individual? They're only defending him because he's black. He's, yeah. And that's the shameful aspect of it. It's like his skin color does not determine his motive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do you think happens when this kind of like justice happens? Like you see, let's oh. say, for example, you're a black kid, either in his school or somewhere nearby or somewhere else. And you see that one of like another kid in another school just shot up a school and just got like barely a, a slap on the wrist. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, oh, that's not really much of a consequence. You know, like yeah. you feel like empowered. You feel like you can get away with everything. And this is what happened with like the same thing, the story we saw earlier with that trans trans kid who pretty much like basically raped a yeah. young girl mm -hmm. in the bathroom and basically got away with it because, you know, he's not getting like any serious, like, you know, consequence for that. But this poor girl now has to live like lifelong with yep. the consequences of a like violently hor horrific act. And then same thing here. All of these people who are shot, and well, some of them probably like, you know, some of them will have lifelong injuries. Like but they the will. One, one, one of the victims was a pregnant lady. Yep. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that, yeah. but yeah, like the situation is, of course, it could get much worse. It could get to the point where these people are permanently paralyzed, and it's all due to the decision of one individual saying, "I want to take my angst out on the world." This is not different than other school shootings. The only difference is that he didn't go to school that day with the intention, or at least, quote, he didn't go to school with the intention of, sh of committing a school shooting. It was kind of like, well, if things don't go my way, then I will. That The difference and the, the gap in between the two ways of thinking is so minimal. And yet the media and the establishment is trying to paint it as, oh, like, this kid is just suffering because he's a, a black person of privilege, and because he's a black person of privilege, other people are jealous of him, and they just can't get over their jealousy, and it drove him to do this. Like, it wasn't his fault. It was them. It was those terrible, terrible white people who drove him to do this. And, as you were saying earlier, not only will the lack of punishment create more of this... But the narrative that, oh, well, if you're being bullied, then it's probably not the best option, but just committing a school shooting is not the worst option either. Like, it's better than killing yourself, which is exactly what the media said. That's exactly what the family said. Like, this is going to perpetuate more problems. And 
it should never have been even close to promoted in the media, and this kid should not be out on bail. But, but, if he was white... Oh, oof. If he was white... This is, this is how you know, like, a, just, a justice system and a well, media he, system. Comparing, comparing his situation, in which he was the perpetrator and could have killed several people, to Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse, clearly, by all justifiable reports, acted in self-defense, and his bail was $2 million. And I think he's still, like, I think he's still awaiting full trial. Because every time that the trial has been put forth, like, there's threats to blow up the courthouse. Yeah. Because they have to move it out of state. Because it's, of course, one of the most publicized trials because he's been portrayed as this crazy white supremacist when in reality he wasn't anything close. Yeah. He was far more justified in what he did than this scum. Yeah. And, and it's important to remember like that. Um, people, people online, Facebook, Twitter, wherever else, they always, they always complain about like, you know, like, oh, we're so divided. And they're always like, you know, like you need to stop saying things that are mean or whatever because, like, it's things like that that are making us divided. And I'm like, no, nope. it's not. It's things like this right here. This this kid shooting up a school that's demon that that's protected and treated like a victim. Yeah. And then you have parents, legitimate parents who have legitimate complaints about the school boards being called domestic terrorists by the U.S. government. Yeah, that is what's making us special divided. rules for not, protected classes, not people being being mean on Facebook. I mean, that's just a symptom of like the bigger problem, mm -hmm. but like really they're the, the, the our, our government leaders, health officials, everyone else, they are causing this division and we're just playing it out really. Yep. But it's not, it's not because people are mean. People have always been mean. Oh yeah. But you know, it's just, if people now. think that social media has made is like the bane of civilization and people are worse now than ever before. It's like, eh, you should look at history, but <clears throat> Jumping into our second last story, we're going to talk about this Indiana family. So Indiana family says kids were wrongly given COVID-19 vaccine instead of flu shot. So an Indiana family claims they were accidentally given a Pfizer coronavirus vaccine when they thought they were getting the flu shots. It happened at Evansville Walgreens Pharmacy on October 4th. The parents say the Walgreens employer call, call, employee called them, admitting the mistake. The four- and five-year-old children, who are too young for any approved COVID-19 vaccine or any vaccine period, or any COVID injection, were apparently given full adult doses. Parents say both children are showing signs of heart issues, and the younger child has been sick with a fever and a cough. The family, of course, has hired an attorney, and Walgreens has not released a statement. So. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. This is kind of just... Mm -hmm. A bit of a short story, but these kids should never have been exposed to this. Yeah. Like, no. this is a serious mistake. And it sh it's actually showing, because if they're getting, like, there haven't been that many cases of accidental adult doses given to children. In almost every single one, they're having significant issues. Mm -hmm. And yes, the dose to ch that they're proposing to give to children will be smaller, but why would they do it at all? And we've been saying that for ages. There is no rationale for giving COVID, the COVID shot, to anyone. No reason to mandate it for anyone, period. And no reason to encourage it for anyone 
below the age of 70. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's... <clears throat> and it's nothing with kids. This is, uh, this is oh. a very, like, very dangerous, uh-huh. um, like, you know, like, like, you know, injections to give to kids. Like, even, like, Pfizer admits it. They're not, their doses are not, not safe for kids. I mean, people are getting, um, like, all up in arms because, like, you know, oh, you're giving ivermectin to people. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, ivermectin, good luck at killing anybody. Yeah. If you give it in the right dosage, I, 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 I legitimately don't think very many, very many, if any, people die. Mm-hmm. Giving ivermectin in, in the proper dosage, you're not going to die. Yeah, it's one of the safest drugs out there. Mm-hmm. But yet, like you give the va- the flu vac, like this this COVID vaccine to children, yeah, we're going to see a lot of very kids dangerous. Die. Well, you know, and, and I think that the parents of uh, this thing have a legitimate case, and I think that there's a very serious loss. Mm-hmm. With, uh, I hope so. Because, yeah, it's like. Yeah, it it is malpractice, like to do yep. something like that stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep, because that is a very significant error. It's like how, can I, how do you even get that mixed up either? If like the Pfizer vaccine is like and, and the Moderna one, it has to be kept at ridiculously cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. Which the blue one doesn't. Like how how would you make that dumb mistake? And yep. this was like, what's this at a pharmacy? This is at a Walgreens. Jeez, like how do you get that mistake? Like that's a massive like. Really, it probably comes. Not, it probably comes with having, like, the repetitive nature of just giving out COVID shot after COVID shot after COVID shot, and basically no flu shots. Jeez. And it's just like, oh, everybody's coming in for a COVID shot. Why wouldn't they come in for? Why would they come in for a flu shot? The flu shot, like, according to all our PCR tests, the flu has disappeared. Yeah, and this is like, how old are these kids? These four and five. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, like, if you thought like the kid was twelve, like, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe, but like. No. But like four and five, like that's not even like excusable. Yeah. Like you're like, you know, you're not supposed to get those shots at those kids. Mm-hmm. I know. That's kind of a big dumb dumb move. It is a very big dumb move. But unfortunately, big dumb Whoops. moves are Whoops. coming around. So this is the final story we're going to cover today. Big dumb move by the government. St. John Church shut down for non-compliance after Sunday service. So, apparently, according to this law professor, the province followed all the rules. No, they didn't. So, the New Brunswick government has shut down a St. John church. It says violated the mandatory order governing religious gatherings. Officials with public safety visited 63 places of worship last weekend. Only one, his tabernacle family church, was non-compliant. She said the investigation is continuing and the case is before the courts. Shepard said that the St. John church was one of 600 inspections conducted around the province. The Thanksgiving weekend. She said of those, she said these included 279 retail stores, 118 restaurants, 137 licensed establishments, five indoor events, a recreation facility, a movie theater, and a gym. And she said that the officers found near total compliance. Ooh, that's shameful. So the family church was ticketed on October 6th for failure to comply with provisions of the mandatory order. On October 8th, Philip James Hutchings, the church's pastor, was in court in St. John and signed an order agreeing to make all reasonable efforts to ensure compliance. On Sunday, several uniformed public safety officers attended the Rockland Road Church, videotaped those in attendance, and recorded license plates. Hello, fascists. Mm -hmm. A post on Hutchings' Facebook page says his associate pastor was arrested. The post was accompanied by a video showing a man telling officers they couldn't enter the church. He was eventually led away by a uniformed officer. The man was later released with a province to appear in court at a later time. The official later letter, why do I keep saying later, 
was sent to the St. John's Cornerstone Properties, which is listed as the owner of the property. According to the Service New Brunswick website, the letter said the building will be closed to public access until it is determined that his tabernacle family church is willing to comply with the mandatory order. According to the province's, province's emergency order, churches have two options. They can choose between requiring proof of vaccination or holding services at 50% capacity with physical distancing, contact tracing lists, and no singing. Masks are mandatory with either option. So on Sunday, the church appeared to have a tent set up to check the names of people arriving, but the vast majority of people entering and exiting the church were not wearing masks or physically distancing. Good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it tries to say that churches have been a source of COVID-19 transmission, which is pretty much, it's just a massive lie. Um, imagine like, imagine looking at China, okay? Mm-hmm. The kind of stuff that China does generally. Now, you know, communist countries, they have all sorts of like like crazy rules and restrictions. Like, like the churches that are allowed by China, the state churches, the yep. Christian churches, mm-hmm. they have a, a crazy list of things that they're required to do in order to be in good standing with the state. Know, with the state. And they're like they have to like police their their members, they have to keep a detailed list, who says what, who does what. Um, you know, like all the sermons have to be vetted by the uh, Chinese government. It's it's basically like a incredible amount of state oversight that is designed by nature to completely gut the church. That's under peacetime. This is the exact same thing. This is communist style, like like you know, oversight of a church under the guise of a public health order, a yep. health emergency. Mm-hmm. This is why. That this public health emergency hasn't died for two years because they won't let it. They won't let it die because they they are getting way too much power from these public health emergencies. And at this point, like it's like it's crazy. Like, again, ultimatum. It's like, oh, you can't be back. You you don't want to check vaccination. Okay, you can only keep 50 percent. That's a completely arbitrary number. Has Mm -hmm. no science attached to it. Nothing. They don't have to back up any of these things scientifically. They're they they pretty much their word is law, so they're basically kings. Yeah. And on top of that, um, like all of these rules, like there's there's no exceptions. Like masks, totally, uh, you know, totally mandatory. Physical distancing, like none of these things are scientific, uh-huh. but they don't have to prove that. It's like their word is law. And on top of that, this is <clears throat> this is basically a government that is completely. Uh, railroaded over all religious, like you know, a separation. The separation of, of church and state was designed for this very thing: that the government does not have the authority or the right to police and tell churches how they may worship. But this is what's happening. All the all these governments are telling churches that, like, this is how you may worship. This is this is communist, socialist, totalitarian style authoritarianism, mm-hmm. and people. I guess people are keep believing that eventually they'll let us out, and unfortunately, the churches are as long so as you that they are, they're basically becoming neutered. Oh, they are becoming neutered, and as long as they continue to comply, as long as they continue to bow down and say yes, government, anything you say, we will comply. Then the government has no reason to slow down. The government has no reason to stop, and the government has every reason to make the restrictions more severe. Mm-hmm. 
But get on, get on this church. I haven't oh, heard yeah. of, a, of many like churches outside of like uh, you know like Alberta or Ontario. Or Ontario. Like, like, you know, that, like that's Ontario's the part is farthest east. Yeah, I've heard of churches being like you know really willing to say no. So you know, get on, get on this church, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm proud of these pastors. Um, I don't know much about the church, but I, no. I just I love when I hear churches legitimately trying to no. honor their members and sticking up for their their exactly. uh, sheep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably going to be the end of today's episode. If you stuck with us for all this time, thank you very, awesome. very much. <laughs> we You're have to, I know, but we have to be respectful and we have to thank our listeners because they are wonderful and we love them. We do. <laughs> they are great people and they've given us a lot of helpful feedback, a lot of encouraging commentary. We love the comments. We love the responses. We love the engagement. It's all very, very good. Um, Facebook is going to be a little interesting for the next few weeks. I'm going to try and potentially nominate my wife to be an admin so I can still upload the videos onto the page because mm -hmm. Facebook has given me a 30-day ban. Oh, which page? Uh, the Shrewd Dudes podcast page. Oh, on the... Um, yeah. On Facebook? Okay. So I'm going to try and do that. And then I'll be uploading our regular footage to YouTube, BitChute, Rumble. I'll be a uploading a couple segments of this today's episode to YouTube because they are YouTube friendly. Mm -hmm. And I've also started a Shrewd Dudes podcast Twitter account. Ooh, crazy. So that will be, I'll post whatever I can there and see what feedback I get. We'll see also, how that uh, goes. Yeah, don't forget to let the, I, 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 I the stuff um, on our Shrewdus uh, website, on the Shrewdus.com. Um, every blog I, I put up a, a, all the episode, including the show notes, so all the articles that are, we go through are going to be there. And um, I also put all the links to all the um, all the different video platforms. If if you yeah. want to like watch, it's fantastic. Content, it's up there. Just check it out. That's that's where you can yeah. find all our stuff. Mm -hmm. cool. Exactly. Right. So, see you guys Thursday. Mm -hmm. And remember. Why be rude when you can be shrewd? shrewd? Have a great night, everybody. See you Thursday. And as always, God bless. <laughs>